Mike, it's done. It's done. It took 46 tries to finally, finally, finally put a Philadelphia Eagle supporter in charge of the White House. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I mean, how great is that? That's perfect. That's After arguably one of the worst seasons in Philadelphia Eagles history, Joe Biden, average Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. has made it all the way to the Oval Office. Ain't that great? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How Absolutely. are you feeling? I can't tell you like, the level of relief. It is so amazing. <laughs> I woke up today and didn't have to like worry about you know someone starting a war uh, over on Twitter. <laughs> like, it's just really nice. For the first time in four years, yeah. Yeah. Stress level, blood pressure—it's all all in the normal range now again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, it's almost uncomfortably calm. <laughs> it's almost uncomfortable to relax this much. You're listening to the Americanist podcast. My name is Johannes Ehrmann over in Berlin, Germany, and I'm joined, as I was last year, for our first two, ten episodes by my dear friend and accomplished scholar over in Stanford, California, Mike Bayoki. Good to see you. So, inauguration yesterday, yeah. Joe Biden. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the um, the question no journalist should ever ask. How did it make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the most important things was that a bunch of the former presidents showed up and went out of their way the night before, the days before, to show their support. Uh, mm -hmm. Even to some degree, the leaders of the Republican Party who are currently in power um, went out of their way to show that there was going to be some transition and, you know, supported transition mm -hmm. and stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit about like how, how Trump did not do that. Emphatically did yeah, not I was about that. to say one yeah. one person was noticeably missing from <laughs> yeah, the festivities. Pouting, pouting in his room. What, do we know what he did, actually? Was he golfing or what? <laughs> Yeah, he was what was what was he, he up to? He was escaping down to his safe space in um, uh, Mar-a-Lago down in, Flo in Florida. He was uncomfortable and had to run away. The safe space for retired old white men. Yes, that's right. All right, cool. So, but yeah, I mean, we don't have to worry too much about him from this point forward, right? Or or do we? <laughs> oh man, I wish you were right. Oh, I always wish you were. We should should get this out of the way for now. So, is he is there a chance he's going to run again in 4 years or Oh yeah, 100%. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it, well, especially since you asked if he will run. Yeah. Throwing I mean, like, throwing away my script now here. Okay, so we have to <laughs> yeah, talk sorry. about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, there is no doubt that he is addicted to the attention that comes along with the, the job and certainly running and getting in front of crowds is just going to be, he will find ways to do that. Uh, we'll talk about this, but he's, he has now been impeached for a second time. Yeah. Um, and there is a possibility that he can be barred there. Um, mm -hmm. There are laws that we have that should you do things like, uh, try to overthrow the government um, mm -hmm. that like you cannot be part of the government in the future so it's conceivable he will be blocked or something like that but but only if the impeachment is successful in the Senate that's right so the Senate well it's actually even I think there's an even a little bit more of a, a step there so he could be impeached by the Senate um, but he could then still run um, mm -hmm. the Senate has to take an additional step um, to mm -hmm. say you know to bar him mm -hmm. um, I believe those are two separate steps 
is it two thirds majority for that in the Senate? Yeah. Or? So they would have to have sixty-seven senators. Huh. Yeah. So fifty Democrats plus seventeen senators would plus have plus seventeen uh, Mitt Romneys. Yes, that's right. That's right. So um, there is a possibility. Uh, Mitch McConnell, really? who was the former leader of the Senate, mm-hmm. he is no longer, as of yesterday, the leader of the mm-hmm. Senate, which is glorious to me. <laughs> um, has come out saying that he believes, or that that um, he believes that Trump. Uh, led the insurrection against the Capitol, the the seditious mm-hmm. acts of these people, which we will talk about on January, you know, uh, mm-hmm. back to January sixth. So, by Mitch McConnell doing that, there is uh, some energies to rally those senators. So it's not clear if Mitch McConnell will go through with this. There's a number of different underlying factors here, mm-hmm. but if Mitch McConnell wanted to, he could probably get 17 senators mustered to um, to actually convict. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And for that, would the Republican Party actually have to sort of break up into two parts, which yeah. I've read there's a talk about now, that yeah, uh, right. those people who stayed loyal with Trump until the end, uh, most notably, I think, also Ted Cruz and others who even after oh, yeah. the riots and the storming of the Capitol were like, mm, uh, we're, we're still not, you know, haven't changed our minds, <laughs> which is kind of cool. I can't even tell you how weird it is. Yeah, there, there are some uh, senators who... Uh, really made the choice to go all in on Trump. So like, like you pointed mm. out, a senator from mm. Texas and a senator from Missouri. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely remarkable. But yes, it, mm. it's conceivable. I think it's unlikely that the Republican Party would separate into two parts. Um, probably the larger in terms of like number of voters would go with Trump. Um, uh, the sort of better financed half of it would, would go with like Mitch McConnell or Liz Cheney, um, who's a congresswoman. Uh, from Wyoming. And the daughter of Dick Cheney. That's right, yeah. Cool. Another Cheney in charge, that would be great, I think, for the country, <laughs> for sure. Um, we, by the way, we're talking about we're joking. <laughs> the Cheneys are a little invady, aggressive, world-dominating, uh, Halliburton-endorsing. But with historical perspective, the Bush presidency looks no, a whole... No, no, stop. I'm not going to let you do this, Tom. No? Okay, no. well. <laughs> the... the, the, the uh, Human suffering that those people unleashed and have no remorse for. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I should stop my sarcasm there. That's, you're right. <laughs> Even four years of Trump cannot put everything in perspective. No, no, I still have a real thing against the Bushes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. You've reined me in. All right. Yeah, so um, I haven't watched the inauguration, I have to admit. I, yeah, I mean, I'm also, I'm, I'm sort of diving into my next book, which is sort of part of that reason. Um, but I also, I didn't really feel compelled to watch it. And I'm comparing this now to the last Democratic candidate who was elected to the office, Barack Obama, which, who was, yeah, like a hero-like figure in, in all over Europe yeah. amongst young people, for sure. Um, with Biden, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> I, you know, uh, on the Biden thing, I was in graduate school at that point, and I went to the inauguration. So you I were actually there. From Philly, oh, wow. was there. Yeah, I was out in the cold. I was oh. uh, like, it was literally freezing that day. Um, but there were, you know, uh, tens of thousands of us, you know, at the inauguration. Hundred thousand. I don't even know. Um, certainly more millions. Than, whatever. It was. I think it was <laughs> the, the greatest inauguration the ever. The largest one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I was extraordinarily excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, is it normal that I'm not too excited about Biden or? Yeah, you know what? I kind of like this. Like, I don't think like our, our uh, even our biggest leaders shouldn't be like 
super exciting. They should just be really competent and stable, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I, I like this slightly boring attitude, um, you know, competence, but boring, you know, competent, but boring sounds nice to me right now. Yeah, but from what I understood, your presidents always have to be like these larger than life figures, you know, like this uh, crossing the Delaware and icy nights and, you know, just everyone rallying around them under their big coat, uh, you know, the whole people, 300 million under one coat. No? Uh, uh, Joe Biden has a nice dog and he apparently likes to bike on his Peloton. I mean, these, these are very reasonable things to me at this point. This is a... Attention with the Peloton, please, because uh, I think the Russian <laughs> hackers already uh, have targeted this one. So maybe in the, in the last corner of the basement of the White House, but not... Please let, 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 you know, let him install um, the, the McAfee or maybe not the McAfee, maybe another <laughs> program. <laughs> I think McAfee is not, not, not cool anymore after that Netflix documentary. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah, not feeling too excited about Biden. Wait, actually, you know what? All right, let's pause. I know that this podcast is about like sort of American politics and usually contemporaneous, but you have to say a little bit about your book. No, no, that's way too early to, uh, to, okay. to break okay. the news here. Uh, let me just very vaguely say uh, I'm researching a story um, from the days of the American Revolution, um, okay. a family story um, that entails immigration, loyalty conflicts, uh, and several other topics that are still quite relevant, I think, in the USA today. Um, violence, yeah. xenophobia, and others. But I'm, I'm at the yeah. very beginning. Um, but yeah, pretty excited about it. Yeah, so um, Biden. Yeah, I mean, so yesterday, text chains, right, like uh, with friends. And everybody's super excited. Almost none of us watched it. <laughs> and I think we're all sort of great. You know, like there's some stuff that like peaked. There was a wonderful poet, young poet, mm-hmm. um, who he had speak. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of recognition that we are going through a tough period. Like one of the most insane mm. things over the last year here in the United States has been that the executive branch and other parts of the government mm. have gone out of their way to pretend like we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. Um, because it, you know, for whatever reason, Trump felt like it was an assault on him personally. Mm. So large parts of our government just had to pretend that we weren't going through this extraordinarily traumatic <laughs> period. Mm. So, and that's gone. Mm. You know, they, these people yeah. who are now in charge see it as an, as the issue it is, which is a biologic uh, issue, and we're gonna like get over it. So, mm. um, so it's just reassuring. I think is like is what I'm trying to yeah. say is the pomp and circumstance of the event. Who cares? Mm. But the sort of quiet competency in the messages that were the tonal messages that were being sent out were really really reassuring. Which is what everyone is longing for right now, right? Just like yeah. four years of normalcy. Um, and and I saw one of the first acts uh, that he did was um, trying to get back into the uh, Paris Climate uh, Accord. Um, yeah. The WHO, yeah. I think, uh, will have yes. the U.S. again as a member, uh, which is helpful, I guess. But so uh, let's zoom in on, on Biden uh, quite literally for, for one moment. Um, yeah. Because he seemed to talk a lot about the future, um, yet when I look at him, I don't see so much future left as I see past. I mean, the guy is 78 yeah. year, years old. Um, can you remind me and the listeners maybe again why it took a 78-year-old white man to replace Trump and pro- project the national message yeah. of leaving the past behind? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't have the exact answer for you. But part of his message, at least to sort of the progressive wing of his party, was uh, hire me right now and I will help transition to the next generation. Mm-hmm. 
And so you see that with his vice president, who mm-hmm. is Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. So first first woman, mm-hmm. um, first African-American mm-hmm. uh, woman, uh, also of uh, South Asian, Indian, uh, Indian descent. Like, mm-hmm. So she's just like, she marks a stylistic difference as well um, in the different parts of the party, though she is rather centrist. Um, but part of his message was, I am stability, I'm a known quantity, <laughs> um, and... Uh, I will provide a transition to the next generation. And it, it, he's hinted, though not formally said, that he plans on having one term. Oh, okay. And that he will then uh, facilitate the next Democrat. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's it, already a relief uh, for me. Um, cause, so I, so yeah. I don't have to imagine him at 82 running again. Um, right. Yeah, let's, let's hope that transition um, is successful, uh, I guess. Um, yeah. Because... I think uh, it would be really great for, for the U.S. to have a female leader soon. After yeah. that didn't pan out right. really as planned four years ago. Yeah, you know, I, we've talked about this before. I think there is some real misogyny, like sort of discomfort, real active issues with women leadership, uh, women in leadership here. I can't tell how much of what was going on with Hillary Clinton was specific to the Clintons mm-hmm. and Hillary in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly some of it was wrapped up in her gender. Um, but you even saw it like during the primaries on our side. Like there's some, you know, stuff with Elizabeth Warren that was particularly gross and you, you know, directed at Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of really wonderful women in the Democratic primary that I sort mm-hmm. of wonder um, if there were some residual mm-hmm. concerns. Now, you know, there's a sort of the Democrats do this really mind-blowingly awful thing where they think about the the opposition party's reaction to what they will do mm-hmm. um and so i think there was some self-censoring on the democrat side during the primary thinking about could we get in when we got into the general elections would the would the republican independents be willing to vote for a woman so yeah there's a lot of sort of um election uh you know forward thinking on the democrats part about like mm-hmm. Could we get a woman elected? I do think it's a real possibility, maybe particularly after we have um, Kamala around for a number of years in the executive branch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That may be very, mm-hmm. very helpful. As I'm researching now this revolutionary time, uh, of course, the first president, and we've talked about him also on this show, um, was sort of yeah, like, almost like a stereotype of the good white man, if, yeah. so to speak, right. um, because... He did two things, basically. He um, uh, surrendered um, his commander-in-chief status voluntarily after the War of Independence was won. So he basically yeah. handed back his military power from himself. Um, and then also after two terms, it, and that's also why now you have these two terms limit. It didn't even exist at the, in the beginning, I believe. Um, after yeah. two terms, he also said, okay, th- that's enough. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to yeah. continue anymore. But as, as soon as he as he did step down, um, a bit of more ugly uh, power struggle uh, broke out, and, you know, between the the two parties that had formed, and um, and I think and a lot of people are now like, you know, Trump is, you know, he's unlike any other president. I don't really believe that. I I think right. um, he has just taken this image that has been building for close to two hundred fifty years of who this strong white man. Um, had to be always as a president to absolute extremes. And what I mean by that, for example, is I think the office of the of the presidency is mostly, even more than sort of inner strength or character, is the projection of strength. Like is is to appear strong, right? Yeah. And I think to his constituents, that's exactly what Trump did. 
I mean, yeah. you and I might disagree, but you know, and I've, I've, you know, a lot of people have have gone on record about that. It's like he, um, for them, exemplified the American dream in a way. It's like this, also this winner takes all mentality. Is really, yeah. you know, he made it right, or so he says, yeah. you know. But they believed right. it, right? right? So it's, I mean, this is yeah. a totally different discussion now. That's the image of it, exactly, yeah. right? Would Would you agree with that? That sort of that this is also maybe part of the problem. I, I think I'm maybe also offering a solution to, or an, one of the answers maybe to what happened four years ago, is that Hillary Clinton, just by being a woman, did not fit that conscious or subconscious image that Americans have built of, of this patriarch as a leader. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I don't disagree with anything you said about sort of a default image that we have of leadership, mm -hmm. like sort of or parts of the American population have it. But there's also we have to pay attention to the fact that Hillary has been a sustained target of American mm -hmm. right leaning politics for mm -hmm. decades. Mm -hmm. So since like the sort of 1990s. So for 25 years, 30 years, mm -hmm. she's been the center of attacks. Mm -hmm. um, You know, so like that, that adds up. So there's something about Hillary in particular. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe some of it is, and I, I, um, I think it's compatible what I'm saying with what, what you were saying, which is that mm -hmm. she may have like part of their narrative may be that she's a woman and she was overreaching in terms of the amount of power that she was mm -hmm. trying to get and, mm -hmm. you know, should be sort of put back in, you know, you know, her place or something like that. Um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like it, when you look at, um, someone like Kamala Harris or you look at someone like you know we we do elect leaders at the state level who are women pretty regularly I can't quite tell mm -hmm. it, it's it's really hard I'm a statistician right so yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. completely confounded the idea that like uh we can't elect a woman or there's something really we can't just look at Hillary Clinton and say mm -hmm. that because I, there's some particulars about her and her mm -hmm. like sort of story as uh, um um That said, that said, I mean, Kamala Harris is, is the first woman either to be president or vice president ever that's in right. the U.S. And we're in yeah. 2021. So that would, <laughs> yes. that would counter the thesis that it was only about Hillary. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't counter it. <laughs> Amend it. Yes, it does, it does weigh in favor of it. Yeah. Um, I, I do really believe that there's something about how... Trump's base viewed him as like a father figure or an adult or something like that or power. Um, and yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to get into the nuances of it because like the dude is clearly a snake oil salesman. He's a charlatan. He's a grifter. Yeah. And it's like so obvious. And like he has all this bluster. Like right now, one of the most terrifying things that is becoming obvious at this moment mm. is there is no plan that the Trump administration had in place for the rollout of the vaccine. Mm. Like there's a, apparently there's literally nothing. Now that the Biden administration has complete mm. access to everything, mm. it looks like fairly obvious they had no plan to roll it out. So it was, it was all show, basically. It was all show, yeah. And like- I, um, Nothing behind it. I, I'm willing to believe it. Like these are early reports. Um, it's mm -hmm. compatible with what we saw, but it's also like that's who Trump is, right? He tells you that everything's going to be amazing. It's going to be the way, and mm -hmm. that just never delivers on it. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I'm 100% willing to believe that over mm -hmm. the next few. And this mm -hmm. is, I think, a story that's going to continue with different variations of it. Like, so I'm sure we're going to see a bunch mm -hmm. of crazy shit come out over the next six months where people mm -hmm. are starting to dig through the crap that the Trump administration pretended existed or mm -hmm. put in place that they didn't announce and like, 
oh man we're gonna be excavating this like yeah. disgusting dilapidated building and having to rebuild um, yeah yeah i mean he certainly did go out with a bang or a boom <gasps> or whatever um yeah so i mean we last talked um on this format in late november i believe and we yeah. sort of said goodbye to everyone saying okay 2020 uh was kind of a shit all of a year. Um, we're going to move into 2021. Everything's going to be nice. The vaccine's going to be rolled out. Um, yeah. And then there was a deadly riot on the Capitol on uh, January yeah. 6th, um, which we have to talk about briefly just, I mean, for the yeah. one reason that it's also in our logo, the Capitol. Uh, and yeah. of course, it's the, right. the symbol and the center of, of democracy. The nation's founders are, it's, it's also like a museum of democracy, right? right. Because the, yeah. the nation's founders, uh, also some of the people that I'm writing about in my book, um, yeah. are in the Capitol, uh, Statuary Hall, um, you know, everywhere. Like, like yeah. the Oval Office. Uh, highly symbolic with also the paintings that Biden has now replaced, uh, most notably Andrew Jackson is now gone from the Oval Office, uh, um, who yeah, killed a lot of Native Americans, um, and Trump found it very important to have him right next to him. What did you make of, of all of this? I mean, I, I can only start to imagine what this must have felt like for you, yeah, even right. I was kind of under shock. This, uh, this sort of fits with some of the stuff that we've talked about before, which is there were so there have been so many experiences this in particular this last year but even even this these last four years that are just outside of our range of experience mm. we do not like in my generation and you know the generations before immediately before we have not had something like this mm. we under, we all understood that there were going to be protests and to see the news reports start coming in like i was in a meeting when some of the stuff started to really happen and I mean, everybody in the meeting is, you know, a bunch of fancy people doing fancy things on this Zoom call. And they just, like, everybody just started, like, looking off screen as, mm. like, uh, we started to realize the scope of what was happening. And mm. I don't think we've figured it all out yet. I think there's going to be continue to be stories. But, I mean, people died, right? Like, these protesters mm. killed, murdered a police officer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, like, the final death or the count right now is, like, six or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. five day of. And then, I mean, like... I'm at a loss for words. I still haven't totally mm. processed it. It's, and, and the fact that there are still Republican senators and Congress people who are defending it, even the day of, like, I just, I cannot tell you how much shame that mm. those people bring to us. Mm. Um, the level of dishonor of physically attacking, uh, taking over and pr pretending like to, to force out a, an elected official that we all know, uh, Oh, I, I lose my words right now just because I am. It bring like everything we all have fought for, all the energies that we have put together, and these people used violence in one of like the the center of our democracy, where we put, like where we go to deal with issues. Um, so we don't we don't introduce violence into our society. So we bring stability, and they brought into its core violence and death. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, we try to like, in those moments you see, like a lot of people will try to find moments of grace. And so there are some nice stories, right? Like there's a police officer mm -hmm. who had, you know, had the sort of presence of mind to lead the rioters away um, and buy time. Like mm -hmm. that's honorable. That's American. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, but like, or when I say that's American, I want to be careful. Like I know we're flawed. Uh, so when I say that's yeah. American, that's, that's the ideal that we want. Um, 
yeah standing up for yeah. your ideals and 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 being Caring courageous and yeah and so no, i know i think i think I, I get what you mean um but unfortunately there were a lot of other images and i'm, I'm afraid more images um yeah. that really have done so much damage um i mean we yeah. don't even have to go into stars and bars uh, flag yeah. you know the flag of the south uh, yeah. For the first time in the in the, in the capital, uh, this has never happened before. That was a traitor yeah. flag. That was a traitor insurrection mm -hmm. against the United States, and they mm -hmm. brought it into our yeah. capital and then killed people. Mm -hmm. uh, fuck those people. I was really shocked from um, was I mean yeah the anger for sure and the the violence. Um, there has been a lot of anger also in European societies breeding. Um, this is. Yeah, a little bit a sign of these times that we live in. Yeah. Um, but also what shocked me in this bluntness there was the sense of self-entitlement also by, yes. uh, by these people. Um, I'm talking about, you know, just vandalizing through office, taking computers and lecterns. Yeah. And I mean, as I said, it was, it's all very um, uh, kind of like a museum. Um, and yeah. just, you know, putting your feet on desks and so forth. It's like, you know, screaming, this is our house. I mean... Who do you think you are to claim something yeah. like that? This is this yeah. shows such a such an erosion of of That's institutions right. for a certain group of people yeah. that is really I, I don't know how to rebound from that for for this certain group. So we right. we can discuss about like how large is this group? It seemed pretty large there, but of course it's not maybe not millions, but right. I mean there were tens of thousands of people there, and there were probably hundreds of people actually inside the building. Yeah, I mean, so there are consequences. So uh, mm -hmm. let's talk about sort of at a, a little bit of a remove. Uh, well, actually, let's talk about those people. So there have been a number of arrests. Um, so many of those people are now in jail, um, mm -hmm. and they will be federally prosecuted, and they will be interned. <laughs> so, like a high, so first off, these are not geniuses. Like, they all went in with their phones on. Like, we can track you. There's Documented themselves. Like, yeah, like, so, like not the smartest moves by the smartest people you know but there are consequences so there's political consequences there's financial consequences so uh several of the senators who backed um this they now have lost huge amounts of their funding i forget exactly what the number is but something like the top 30 donors like corporate donors to the republican party have now uh sorry 23 of the top 30 have pulled uh funding mm -hmm. to in particular either to all um of like all of the Republican Party or to the parts of the Republican Party that voted against approving or um, mm. uh, the, the Biden uh, vote counts. So, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not someone who looks to corporations to in awe or something like that, but it is obvious that creating instability uh, causes major problems from a number of people. And mm. I think the corporations looked at this particular seditious act um, as you know, too far, and they needed to step in to uh, balance things out to sort of smooth things over. I think mm -hmm. that's important. There's several Congress people, so this is, these are people from, from the House. So the, mm -hmm. the Senate tends to be sort of more reasonable in terms of politicians, like they tend to be a little bit more even keeled, but that's not always true. The House, on the other hand, tends to attract people who are there for two years, and they tend to be kind of crazy people i mean like we get very bizarre people in the house and so it looks like maybe three or four of them were giving tours like mm. uh, leading people around the capital the day before look they they certainly it, there's some stories that they may have coordinated and here's the thing that sort of tips the hand is 
apparently a couple of them, there's, there's several reports that they were seeking preemptive pardons from Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think over the next month or two, you will probably hear more about the role of some of the members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, who helped to build and support and get mm-hmm. the insurrection going on, mm-hmm. on January 6th. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try and end. It's a bit more difficult than usually try and end with a couple of more positive aspects yes. uh, here. Yeah. Um, I mean, one we already talked about, the Trump era is now done, at least <laughs> for the moment. Also, I read um, yesterday in the New York Times that... Um, Trump apparently managed to even antagonize his proud boys um, with his ever so erratic behavior. Um, so they go on the record now, or not on the record, they, it was quoted from some Telegram chats from, from the proud yeah. boys that they label him as weak now and quote, Trump will go down as a total failure. So that's kind of new. Hey, we're in agreement. I'm not- Maybe uh, remembering uh, the proud boys, uh, that is the... Um, yeah, sh- white chauvinistic militia group um, that also condones violence um, that uh, Trump told during the debate uh, with Biden to stand back and stand by. So it does get a bit more lonely now, uh, apparently, yeah. in Mar-a-Lago uh, around the, the Trump camp. Also, the other thing, uh, Biden has said he wants to vaccinate 100 million people in the first 100 days. Yeah. So from you as the epidemiologist, is that <laughs> realistic? Can this be done? Even without anyone else up until this day doing any other preparation, apparently? <laughs> so crazy, so crazy. It's possible. Um, it's, it's, it's obviously way harder. It looks like the number of doses that the Trump administration claimed to have, they didn't really have. So that's, that, that's a huge hit. The, the real make or break is going to be Johnson & Johnson. Um, their vaccine will be coming online in the next couple weeks. Like the sort of major, I, I think it's the next couple of weeks. They'll be announcing sort of their results and they'll be going to the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for approval. And they have the capacity to get us there. Um, so if you have, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, um, AstraZeneca, and uh, Johnson & Johnson producing, now we start looking like mm-hmm. we can hit that target. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one thing I want to flag is like I am kind of concerned about like the developing countries. Um, like right now, almost all the vaccination is happening in just certain countries um, with better access. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that you know folks mm-hmm. get vac- vaccinated. But if you look at things that are happening in like South Africa right now with some of the spread of the disease and the development of the disease, we have to be like really thoughtful about getting these vaccines to other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, there are real concerns, even if you just care about the people around you. There's still a really good argument to get these vaccines out to other countries so we can stop the spread and the development and the um, sort of evolution of this disease. And 100 million people, that would, of course, be almost a third of the U.S. population. Um, And I think two thirds are actually only needed to, in the modeling, basically stop the spread of the of the virus. Right. Like this is the the, uh, often quoted herd immunity. You know, it's super hard to tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Wait, <laughs> I mean, like, you're telling me science is complicated? Come yeah. on, man. Nobody's ever achieved herd immunity for this disease. So it is fair for me to be a little cautious. But yeah, somewhere around 70 to 80% is usually where these things tip 70 over. 70 to 80? Oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, it's going to take even longer. Especially with I mean, the new versions that seem to be happening, the rates of spread, the like sort of the ability for it to spread, that means you need a higher... Oh, um, uh, immunization level in the population so yeah we're probably looking more at like 
closer to 80 given the mm-hmm. new versions of covid that are spreading all right so i'm, I'm hoping for the summer yeah i think that's okay i think you get to hope that like, that is not like that is realistic because we're not yeah. as fast with the vaccinations over here so far um yeah. I, I wish i was living in israel where apparently they <laughs> managed to vaccinate I don't know, millions of people in, in i don't yeah. know a matter of few weeks yeah. um has not happened here yet uh let's yeah. Still be positive. It's 2021 yeah. after all, not 2020 right. anymore. Um, and we'll be back in two weeks with a special Super Bowl episode because, of yes. course, we have to touch upon uh, this uh, most important of all American events. Um, yeah. And no spoiler alert when I say there will definitely be one old white man leading his team on the field in the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is already sure. And we'll talk about all that and what it means and how it's related to the figure of the president because yeah. we watched the super bowl together back in 2006 i remember that's right that. chicago bears played who mike remember uh the other team with the other guys <laughs> that, they, they did that thing yeah. exactly do follow us on twitter at americanist pod um we are still on twitter uh, we haven't been taken down <laughs> yet so that's good uh, so much positivity in this new, <laughs> that's new right. year <laughs> All right, man. All right. It's great talking. Yeah. And back here in two weeks. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.